Good morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's a real joy to be here this morning, but rather a coincidence also that your pastor and Pastor Stan and uh, Pastor Andrew are in India today. And I just came from your campus ministry, and Pastor Barry is also in India. So they're in India, and I am here from India. But it's a real joy to be with uh, Sister Angie and also Sister Lindsay, and they've been so good to us since we came. Now, I don't know how much you know about India, but India is now the largest democracy in the world with a population of over one billion people. India will soon be larger than China. But India is a complex country because of the caste system. You may ask me, what is a caste? A child's destiny is determined before they're even born. I remember when we first went to Calcutta and opened our school, they told us we couldn't educate a low-caste child they did not have the mental ability to learn. But aren't you glad this morning that God is no respecter of persons? I walk into our hospital today and see doctors and nurses trained through our nursing school, teachers in our classrooms and pastors, children that nobody cared about from the slums of Calcutta, but God cared. Uh, India has gone through rather a transaction or because of technology. But I don't have to tell you that, do I? If you own a computer and something goes wrong with it and you pick up the phone, many times you speak to India, right? What to tell you this morning about Calcutta, the poorest city in the world? Nine miles long, four miles wide, with 22 million people. Visitors that come to see us say wall-to-wall people, and it's so true. But you know, there's one scripture in God's word, and I love it. Came home from Calcutta in August and had been traveling every weekend, speaking in churches. Proverbs 3.27, withhold not good from them who deserve it, when it is in the power of your hand to do it. You know, many people think missionaries are celebrities. I'll tell you, we're not. Everything that you saw on the screen this morning would not have been possible if churches across this great country had not given sacrificially month after month to help us build these constructions of our hospital schools and now we are in 11 states with 272 million people as we saw the states around our state of Bengal unevangelized through our bible schools we were able to train national pastors and now in 11 states under national leadership we have so many churches They said that 700 churches, but actually now we have 900 churches. And by the end of the year, we're hoping to have 1,000 churches. I will be going back to Calcutta the first week in December. 
And it's always a joy to travel into these seats that we are ministering in and see the progress, not only in Calcutta under national leadership, but the progress in these 11 states. But as we started to work in Calcutta, James chapter 2 became alive to us. How can you tell anyone God loves them when they have nothing to eat, no clothes to wear, no comforts of this life? Can you tell a man lying on the street with his family, God loves you? You heard a beggar walked into our tent. Feed our bellies and then tell us that God loves us. We had to do something about it. We opened our first school with 230 children. They called us the slum school because we took in poor children. They thought they wouldn't be able to be educated. But you know, we've just had our 50th anniversary of our first school that we opened. Now with thousands of boys and girls that have graduated from our schools, and the governor was our chief guest. And as he spoke, he said, the Assembly of God Church School in Calcutta has changed the face of this city. What did he mean, change the face of this city? By educating low-caste children. I am thankful to God that these children are little evangelists bringing their families to Christ. And then our feeding programs. Hunger, 25,000 in our street feeding and schools each day. I was telling Sister Lindsay, coming back from the campus, that the children can't wait to eat. Sometimes before they even say the grace, they're, they're trying to sample their food. Only meal they get in the whole day. How wonderful it is to feed these precious children. But it costs a lot of money. And I have two books, One Pathway to the Impossible and Woman of Courage. These two books, the sale of these two books, feed our children. For $12, it feeds a child for 12 days. But I had an unfortunate experience. Have you ever had something fall through the cracks? Well, I had this. <laughs> the lady in our CMM office that sends the books every week had an emergency surgery and could not send the books. But I have news for you. If you fill out a form, and I have a lovely lady traveling with me, Nancy Gibson, she'll be at the book table. If you fill out a form, give your $12, put your name down there, we will send the books to Sister Lindsay or to the office, Sister Gail, and you will get your book. And that book will feed a child. You know, don't only buy a book. Feed the child or pray for the child that you're feeding. Because you know why? We're not only going to feed a child or educate a child or medically treat a child, but everything we do is to win that family for Jesus Christ. And then our hospital, five chaplains, going from bed to bed every day. What an arm of evangelism. You saw the miracle on the screen this morning, how God dried up the water. And our basement today has a school of nursing classrooms. 
You know, when I was there in July, they had the worst monsoon rains they've had in many, many years. All the buildings around our complex were flooded. And I was anxious to know what is happening in the basement of the hospital. So I went, waded through the water, but there was no water around our hospital. I ran down the steps, and in the basement, the students were sitting at their desks. Everything was as dry as dry can be. When God does something, he does it perfectly. I walked into the hospital one day. One out of every 700 children in India is born with a cleft palate. Not like you see in this country, teeth growing out of their cheeks. 30 children were there, and a mother was sitting beside her little girl, and she was crying. I pulled up a chair and put my arm around her. All she did was this. I looked down, and I saw a child. I never had seen a child's face like that. I knew why she was crying. That family was cursed. In their reincarnation belief, they believe that the curse follows from generation to generation. And she had come from one of our village clinics that we are now starting in the villages where we couldn't build a church. If we build a church in one of those villages, it wouldn't be possible. But thank God, the clinics... When we get the favor of the villagers, what happens? The doctor's table becomes the pastor's pulpit, and we have church. And do you know, I knew she was from one of those village clinics. I said, Mother, tomorrow your child will be wheeled out of the operating room, and she'll look beautiful, and so she did. We kept her for dental work. And then I said, Mother, go back to the village. And tell them what Jesus has done for your little girl. She did. And do you know what? The next Sunday, our clinic was full. The villagers wanted to know about this Jesus that made this little girl look so beautiful. This is what God has done. The blind children. I saw the blind children in Kilkenny. They only beg the worst curse. They're given a little cup sent to Calcutta to beg. I said, God, give me a blind home and today, 200 children. I was in the hospital one day when five of them were being operated on. The bandages were being taken off their eyes. I said to the nurse, the doctor, will they see? She said, some better than others. And when those bandages were taken off those eyes, they looked up on the light. Never seen light. Bati is in Hindi for light. Bati, bati, bati. And they love the song, Amazing Grace. I once was blind, but now I see. But that day in the hospital, we held hands, and it became a reality to them. Mother Teresa was a lovely little lady. Brought her patients to our hospital. Before she took very ill, I was with her in the hospital one day. And she said these words I will never forget. She said, it's not how much you do, but how much love you put in the action, in the doing that counts. I said, Mother, if we don't put Jesus' love in our doing, will it all be in vain? 
And she said, that's what I mean. It'll all be in vain. And then she took my hand in her 87-year-old hand, and she said, always remember, when you help the poor, you do it unto Christ. When you give your offering, when you sign your faith promise, dear ones, you may never see those that you're helping in foreign countries. But remember, you do it unto Christ. And one glorious day when we meet in heaven, you will get your reward. I told you we were in 11 states, and seven of these states are in northeast India, that they look more oriental than they do Indian. I went up there for a pastor's conference. Years ago, my husband had held a crusade in the state of Nogaland. Thousands, 15,000 attended that service. And it was the birth of our Assemblies of God in all those seven states. The general superintendent, a graduate from our Bible school in Calcutta, told me, tomorrow, Auntie, I'm going to take you somewhere where you've never been before. He said, above our capital city in Kohima, the largest cemetery is there of the Eastern world. When the Japanese during World War II were coming over Burma, they said they wanted these seven states, and the biggest battle was fought in that area. I was amazed, thousands of graves, American, Canadian, and British. But as I walked into the cemetery, there was a large arch, and on the arch were written these words, go home and tell them we gave our today for their tomorrow. I said, God, now we've been here close to 60 years. We've given thousands, thousands of families and children, not only a today, but a tomorrow. And then I thought of a grave in Calcutta. Mark died so suddenly overnight. Hard to understand. Had so great visions for what was going to be accomplished. And I said, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. And the culture is that the widow stands beside the grave until it's full, shovel by shovel. And as I stood there, I said, God, we only were supposed to come for one year. And we've been here 35 years. That should be enough. Have you ever argued with God? <coughs> I did that day. But you know, I'll always be thankful that our worship team started to sing that wonderful song. Love so amazing, so divine. Demands my life, my soul, <clears throat> my all. I said, God, if you help me, I will stay. And now to see the progress of the work these past 26 years, how God has blessed. And now the 900 churches and all the growth of the ministry. 
Calcutta is many hours ahead of us. We started in a tent. And now our church in Calcutta, our main church in Calcutta. Every state in India has a different language. They come to Calcutta to work. We took a survey of the eight most important languages. And today in the main church in Calcutta, in eight different languages, in eight different times during the day, services were conducted. And do you know, God works the impossible. Almost 5,000 people worshipped and praised God in our main church in Calcutta today. Because God is the impossible God. Nothing is impossible with him. In fact, impossible is one of God's favorite words. But you know, we live in a changing world. A me, myself, and I world. Investments are here today and gone tomorrow. But when you invest in the kingdom of God, it pays the best dividends. Do you know why? Money is the currency of men, but faith is the currency of God. Faith is the currency of God. And when you give to God, it pays the best dividends. God keeps the best records. I wondered what the scripture meant, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Until I read the revised version those that are inconspicuous here shall be heroes there. I said, thank you, God. Those are the partners and the supporters, inconspicuous to the world, but not inconspicuous to God. Many times I get asked, especially on television, what is your greatest accomplishment that you feel in these years you've been in Calcutta? unhesitatingly, I say, investment in lives. Investment in lives. Buildings crumble. Buildings have to be repaired. But lives go on for eternity. Investment in lives. Let me illustrate. I fly so much. Something was wrong with my ear when I went to Calcutta. I asked the nurse, I have to see an ENT specialist. Oh, yes, she said, we have a very good one. Next day, she took me down to the outpatients department, knocked on the door, Dr. Bhattacharya, I want you to meet the president of our mission. I'll never forget that day. He got up from his chair, tears in his eyes. He said, Auntie, I don't have to meet you. I met you when I was seven years of age. My dad brought my brother and myself to you. We were so poor, the poor called us poor. Ragged clothes, no shoes on our feet. Pastor gave my father a job in the printing department. You put my brother and I in school. Then I remembered. I said, are you Subash? He said, yes, I am. I said, Subhash, tell me, tell me. He said, you remember I was captain of your high school. I went to your junior college and then I prayed, God, help me to get a scholarship to medical school. And I did. 
Then I prayed, God, help me to go back to treat the poor. I said, Sabash, they're lined up in front of your door, children. When you treat those children, do you think of yourself? Every day, Auntie. Every day. Every day. Every day. Because the books did not come, our sponsorship forms did not come. But you know, for just a little over a, a dollar a day, you can invest in a child. You can sponsor a child. On the screen, you saw the CEO of our hospital today. He was a sponsored child. That girl that you saw on the screen, a sponsored child, in head of all of our elementary schools, pastors, doctors, teachers. You don't know when you invest in a child for less than a dollar a day, for a little over a dollar a day. What do you do with a dollar a day? Nancy also will have a paper that you can sign. We'll send you one of these forms that you can invest in a child. I sat on the platform in Calcutta. Our senior pastor was late and coming in Saturday night. He had spoken at a conference. He asked our associate pastor to speak. When he came to the pulpit, he preached a powerful message. I sat with tears running down my face. I did not see a grown man or an associate pastor. I saw a 12-year-old child with his little brother and two sisters brought to me from a village close to Calcutta. Mother and father both died with tuberculosis, had no money to bury their parents stood by the grave when Patrick looked up in my face. He said, we've got nobody now. We're orphans. I said, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. Put the boys in our boys' home, girls in our girls' home. And today, what an investment. That sponsored child, Patrick Joseph, senior associate, with Pastor Ivan in our main church in Calcutta. I am so thrilled when I visit the areas to see these sponsored children that nobody cared for, nobody loved, now leaders in our mission. You know, it is wonderful to know that you can invest in the lives of a child. I went into Hallmark store one day to buy a birthday card. And I looked up in the wall and I saw a slogan. And I said, Mr. Hallmark, you send all the, all the cards, birthdays included. With that slogan, I'm going to steal it for missions. And you know what it said? If you love enough, you give your best. If you love enough. If you love enough, you give your best. How much do you love Jesus this morning? You know, doing does not count unless love motivates it. And loving does not count unless doing demonstrates it. You can't love Jesus without doing something about it.
Do you love him enough to buy a book to feed a child? Do you love him enough to invest in a child? Thank you so much for the opportunity of sharing this morning our Calcutta Ministries. Please pray. I go back the first week in December. There's so many more villages that need the gospel. There's so many more children that need to be invested in their lives. But I know God is going to help us through your prayers and your giving. Thank you, and God bless you.